Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Jill Galanta and I'm joined by Evan Abrams each and every week. He is our research director here at the Action Network. We're going to dive into all of the Sunday NFL action for week six. Brandon Anderson will have his hot reads later in the show. And Patrick Everson from Vegas Insider will give us an update on the sportsbooks in Vegas and how they fared this NFL Sunday. But first... Evan, let's talk Monday Night Football. Cowboys, Chargers. Cowboys are favored by one and a half with one of the higher totals of the week over under at 51. And I'm looking at this total, Evan, even though we had a lot of unders this week, we'll talk about that more in a minute. This is a game where I think the Chargers could put up points. Uh, I mean, when you blitz Herbert, he's been fantastic in his career with facing the blitz. That negates part of the allure of this Cowboys defense. But speaking of defense, the Chargers defense, they don't really stop anybody either, right? Like, especially in the secondary, most of the passing yards or most passing yards allowed per game, but their O-line is healthy. They can protect Herbert a bit better. I'll be honest. I'm not going to bet a side on this one. I, I mean, obviously I'm a Cowboys fan, so I'm a little biased, but I will say this. If you like the under, that means that you should probably bet Dallas because that Dallas defense showed up. They caused turnovers. I don't think the Cowboys can win in a shootout. They're not really built that way. So I think if you like the Chargers in this spot, then you should also like the over. Yeah, I like that. So Chargers in the over, Dallas in the under. Uh, I I kind of agree with you. I'm not huge on any side in this game. Uh, Talking about some of those first touchdown, anytime touchdown, I'm just, I'm in love with Gerald Everett and Donald Parham. So Parham, I I, I would go with them, probably split, you know, half unit or so there. Uh, And I kind of like Donald a little more, 5-2 against Everett in red zone targets. Uh, but you know, a little bit of a less of a, uh, snap decrease there, but I still like Parnham there. Uh, and here's a tip for you, but I found this in bet labs. We have, you know, first half systems, second half systems. So if the chargers lead at the half history would say to bet the Cowboys, here's a, the numbers wild. Justin Herbert is seven 24 and two against the second half spread when leading at the half. 
He's even 0-3 this season. So out of 213 quarterbacks since 2005, he's 211th. Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan are the other two that are uh, just below him. I think from a Dallas perspective, if I'm looking at touchdown scores, I think it's Michael Gallup or nobody really. Just the way the odds are based today, um, like Parham and and uh, and Gerald Everett, they're getting a premium right now on their touchdown score odds. Like Parham at around plus three fifty, almost just seems like crazy yeah. when you knew that he was around plus eight hundred at the start of the year. But Gallup, I mean, he's second on the team in targets, uh, second on the team in a dot, eighteen targets over his last three games. He hasn't gotten a touchdown yet, but. Decent odds given this high total for the game, chance for lots of touchdowns. Um, but on the Chargers side, I think we got to take a look at Justin Herbert, man. He's around plus 500. And I think running Herbert is back. He was dealing with that rib injury all of last year. He's got three rushing touchdowns and four games already this year, five red zone carries. Just to put that in perspective, he only had six last year. Their O-line is playing well. They've got Austin Eckler back who could maybe be a little bit of a decoy. And I mean, for what it's worth, the Cowboys have also allowed the fifth most rushing yards to quarterbacks this year as well. So again, a quarterback in primetime touchdown, that is what I'm going to be looking at. All right, now let's look at the Sunday games. Two teams on by this week, the Packers and the Steelers. Favorites go nine and four straight up and against the spread entering Sunday night football. But again, another week of totals going under 10, two and one, another under week, Evan, only week two now with this uh, being a big week for over so far this season. Yeah, crazy. Uh, so we're 54-36-1 at 60% to the under for the entire year <sighs> entering Sunday Night Football. That is the second best start for unders through week six since 2005. And here's the hook. The best start was last year. So unders are actually 162-115-2 through six weeks over the last three seasons. So early in the year, last three years, best start to unders uh, in, in our database. So Unders lately have just been absolutely crushing. Yeah, and we saw that too with touchdown scores as well, Evan. Uh, we talked about this off air, but last week, like after week five, uh, last year was the lowest amount of touchdowns scored in a five-year stretch. Well, this year was 10 touchdowns less than last year after week five. So again, Crazy. we're just seeing way less scoring right now in the NFL. Uh, and public sides also, they go seven and five against the spread entering Sunday Night Football. Yes. So when you look at the betting public, so that's 51% of tickets are higher. They are 51, 32, and 3 against the spread entering Sunday Night Football. That is the most profitable start for the public through week six since 2005. And it's actually been 500 or better against the spread in all six weeks. When looking just specifically at week six, it's probably important to note San Francisco lost, Philly lost. Those were the two biggest sides today public side so mm -hmm. and both went down massive for the books massive for parlays big for teasers but if you look at it miami cincinnati baltimore rams minnesota detroit all public teams all covered so overall still running hot well let's talk about that public team specifically the eagles uh the eagles lose outright to the new york jets the jets win 20 to 14 eagles lose a six and a half point favorites and the under hits of 42 and a half Evan, what a game, man. Jets, they beat the Eagles for the first time in franchise history, which to me, I thought that was probably one of the more shocking uh, stats that I read after the game. But we can't talk about this game without talking about the turnovers. Three yeah. interceptions from Jalen Hurts. A fumble from DeAndre Swift, like for the Eagles. Like the Jets had both of their starting corners out today too. Sauce Gardner was out, DJ Reed. And the Jets, they really contained the run 
better than any defense I've seen on this Eagles team. Uh, only 85 rushing yards for the Eagles, only six first rushing touch, touch uh, first downs rather. Um, they averaged 12 first downs per game. And according to ESPN stats and info, Jalen Hurts was pressured on a season high 40% of his dropbacks and pressured wow. 20 times total. The 20 times is his most as a starter. That's 36 games, including the playoffs. Yeah, it's just three interceptions for Hurts. Swift goes 10 of 17. Philly loses the turnover battle for nothing. It's just really hard to win those games. But I look at it from the Jets' point of view. Like, they've faced six teams. So six, entering the season, six teams had double-digit win totals. The Jets have faced three of them. They're 2-1 and one and 3-0 and oh against the spread. Their defense has shown up. They've done a good job. And if you think about it, allowing 14 to Philly, 23 to KC, 16 to Buffalo. Like, they've gotten themselves into this spot. And now they have a bye. Then they face the Giants. And then they face the Chargers. You've got maybe a few winnable games coming up. Your schedule does get easier. So, And listen, Zach Wilson, no interceptions, no touchdowns. It just keeps you in the game. And I really feel like through Denver, through this game, even the Chiefs game. He's looked formidable, and I think it keeps them really in all these games. And then again, down top two corners, but still able to, you know, kind of rattle uh, Philly, as you said, through the pressure. So interesting. Here's here's a fun number. Simon Hunter kind of got me onto this, so I looked it up prior to last week. So the Eagles are now 11-2, first half money line, last 13 games. Hurts uh, is 23-14-3 in his career in that spot. But the big number, since the start of last year, Eagles are 18-4-1 first-half money lines. That's the most first-half money lines uh, wins in the uh, NFL. So really start fast, and they faded in the second half here, but crazy. Yeah, they, they led 14-3 to in the second quarter. They didn't score the rest of the game. And yeah. Hurts, uh, his interception, that was the seventh of the year. He only had six all of last year. So if you're sitting there wow. with a you know, a Hurts MVP ticket or even a an Eagles Super Bowl ticket. Like, I wouldn't feel great. Maybe that was the loss that kind of just reminds them, hey, this is the NFL. You could still lose uh, any given Sunday. And also, it's a good regroup next week. You're at home against Miami on Sunday night football, right? Like, it's the game of the year type of situation. Maybe you did look ahead this Jets team a little bit for whatever reason, but that's your game of the year for them at least. So good forward stick for them. Absolutely. And the Browns game of the year, was their win over the 49ers today. Browns win 19-17. to Niners lose outright as nine-and-a-half-point favorites. And the under, depending on what you got, if you got a 36 or a 36-and-a-half, uh, it either pushed or it went under. But uh, the alarming trend, I believe, I think we need to talk about is now Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers in Purdy starts are 8-0 against the spread at home, but just 2-4 and four against the spread on the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it has, at least if you watch the game today, Cleveland's defense was something completely different, and also the injuries, right? I, I think it's hard the to injuries, not talk man. about. It's really hard not to talk about CMC, Debo, Trent Williams. There was just all over, at least mostly the offensive side of the ball. San Francisco fell apart, and, you know, Purdy still found, let, let's just be clear about something. He got them into field goal range. They should have won he the game. He they, like, they should have hit the field goal, and we should be talking about the fact that Cleveland played great, Cleveland covered the number, and San Francisco got the win. Like, that's like the most likely scenario, and he missed. So they get the loss, we understand that, but uh, Purdy did his job, and that's really from a Shanahan point of view, all you can ask for. Got him into range, got the field goal set up, but yeah, Cleveland gets the win. You know, 15 consecutive wins for the 49ers, snaps, but hey, Christian McCaffrey gets his touchdown, so his streak continues. 
Uh, and yep. he, yeah, he, yeah, and he scored again at minus 165. Like now, <laughs> at this point, you'd be up three and a half units if you bet his touchdown prop in okay. each game. But I think, and again, opening score touchdown as well. Browns defense, they give up that first touchdown to McCaffrey. Not really much else the rest of the game because those injuries just started to pile up. Even P.J. Walker tried to give that game away. There was a late interception with five minutes to go. Like He is a 0% threat offensively so even when they got in the red zone he still took multiple sacks so that's why the Niners were still in that game because of their defense but again just attrition and that is literally the what happened in that game where they're so top heavy because of those injuries that they don't really have a a guy to replace that and replace that kind of production in that offense Cleveland next week's at the, uh, the Colts and Cleveland's only laying two points and if you look at Cleveland's defense They've allowed 1,002 yards. It's the lowest through this many games since the 71 Ravens, okay? Their opponents are converting just 23% of first downs, lowest in the NFL. San Francisco was 3 of 12 today. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like it. If they're going to face Minshew next week, maybe one and a half. I mean, listen, you don't know who the quarterback is, right? I, I think we're going to assume Watson's going to be out, but I think it's a decent spot. I, I think Cleveland as a whole is just a good team. Yeah, their defense can definitely keep them in games. And uh, a game where there was some defense on display was definitely Seahawks Bengals, where the Bengals eke one out, win 17 to 13. They do cover as two and a half point favorites or three point favorites if you bet them earlier in the week. But uh, the under hits 45 and a half. You're going to hear that a lot today, by the way, <laughs> the under hits uh, in a lot of these games. But Joe Burrow moves to 25, 11 and one against the spread against teams outside of the AFC North, where he is 500 in the division. To me, it's probably a massive win for the Bengals just because they get back to 500, they enter the bye, and then they've got San Francisco in San Francisco, as we just talked about how good they are at home, and then Buffalo on Sunday night football. This was a must win. Like, you, you just, you couldn't lose this game at home against Seattle. And, and honestly, we could talk about it more in a second. They should have lost. Like, Seattle had multiple opportunities at, at many different times to take the lead in this game. And to me, Burrow just doesn't seem. Still, there's something off, right? Like this season, he's half. Yeah, it's like half. Like he's running at full speed. We understand that. We saw that in pregame. It was the everyone was talking about it. But he's still two of fourteen passing on twenty plus yards downfield. You know, all but two of his completions were inside ten yards today. His third game below two hundred yards passing. He only had one last year. So. He was good first half, and something was just off in the second half, which kind of, you know, left Seattle still in the game the entire time. So, they're in the division. Baltimore's still the favorite, but it's up for grabs. Oh, if I'm a Seahawks better, though, I'm sick because they got three cracks at it to convert, and they could not score. And again, it's just one of those games, but... Also, you can't take a sack on fourth down to end the game. Like the O-line obviously didn't do him any favors. But again, that was one of the things where if I'm a, I'm a Seahawks better, that game was right there for the taking and the Bengals escaped with yeah. a decent win there. And Evan, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change... 
Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now time for the hot read from our own Brandon Anderson. Brandon, what do you have us looking for at early Week 7 lines? Hot route! Blue 17! On nice rights! Ice cream! Jose! Blue the Raiders! 19! Louisville Soul Train! All right, week seven hot read. We did not do well last week. 0-2 on our picks. Hey, we got CLV on both picks. We just missed the picks. Colts and Seahawks didn't come through for us. But 7-3 now on the season on the hot read. We're going to get it back next week. We're going to get ugly this week. A couple of unders on some ugly low-scoring games. So if we're doing ugly, we're doing low-scoring. Let's start out right away at Thursday night. Give me the Jaguars and Saints under 42 and a half. Already dropping a little bit. Now look, we're going against the Jaguars a bit again here. They seem to do just fine coming home from London. That was a spot we talked about. But you dig into it a little bit. They got gifted an early touchdown. Colts ended up turning the ball over six times in that game. Jacksonville actually only had 233 yards, under four yards of play. They didn't really play that well. The Colts just kind of gifted them that game. Gardner Minshew was just awful. The defense, though, does look for real. They were 11th in DVO entering Sunday. They're probably going to be top 10 now. They look good, and the Saints defense looks even better. The Saints lost to the Texans, but I think they were the better team in that game. They actually shut down a pretty good Houston offense pretty much the entire second half. Now, they were number four in DVOA defensively, New Orleans, and I think they probably move up too. So we've got two defensive teams here. That's what Jacksonville has become this season. And that London thing, it did not work out for us. But look at the spot this is for Jacksonville. They played two weeks in a row in London. They came home. They took care of the Colts. Credit where it's due. They've won all three of those games. Now it's a short week. 
Thursday night road trip to New Orleans is a brutal, brutal scheduling spot. Would not surprise me at all to see them come out a little bit flat. We're not necessarily picking against them here, so there's a little bit of a buffer, but I do think that they struggle to score and get into a flow here. Saints games this season, here's the totals. 31, 37, 35, 35, 34, 33. Those are all way under this 42.5 number. Average 34.2 points per game. 6-0 to this under by more than a touchdown. This total was 45 on the season look ahead. 43 Sunday morning. 42.5 now. Already some 42s out there. I think it's going to keep slipping down. So primetime unders. 60% to the under last four years. Already 12-6 and six this season. Home underdog unders. 61%. Last two years, already 63% this year. And if we get there, this one's starting to creep towards where we might hit 40 or below. And I love my Thursday night 40 or belows, 17 and 4 to the under since 2010. So Jaguar Saints under 42 and a half. Let's hope that one keeps dropping. Get the CLV while you can. And then we'll go to Sunday for when that's even lower. Give me the Browns and the Colts under 40 and a half. Oh, man, Browns look for real, at least on defense. Here they are, third string quarterback, PGA Walker. They take down the mighty unbeaten 49ers. Defense held the 49ers to 17 points. This is a Niners team that scored 30 points or more all five games, 33 and a half points a game. So what do they do? They get the opening touchdown script, the one that they've been practicing those plays all week. And after that, the only touchdown the Niners have the rest of the game is after an interception, sets up an eight-yard field, and they get in the next play. That's it. That's how the Niners scored in this game. The Browns' defense is for real. They're number one by DVOA entering the game. They're obviously going to stay that way and probably get even better somehow against them after the Niners game. Cleveland, so far, here are their games. 27, 48, 30, 31, 36. Four out of the five games are 36 points or below. 34 and a half overall. The one that went over, you might recall, was against the Steelers. And the Steelers had two defensive scores in that game. So this is another spot where I think the Browns defense keeps things under. And look at the quarterbacks in this game. Maybe Deshaun Watson comes back. We kind of thought that was supposed to happen this week. Honestly, who knows at this point? Does he play? Does he not? Does that even help them anyways? He's been terrible. He supposedly has a bad rotator cuff. We might get two backups here. We might get P.J. Walker and Gardner Minshew. So I feel pretty good about taking an under in a game with Walker and Minshew out there. Minshew, I mentioned earlier, terrible today. Had three interceptions, had a strip sack. Hopefully we don't get too many turnovers here. That's the one way this maybe goes badly. Get a few points off of short fields. But Colts defense, they're not great, but they're good enough. That's kind of the Gus Bradley MO. I think this is low scoring. I think that it stays ugly. Stefanski for the Browns, and when his total is under 44, Browns are 13 and 6 to the under, 68%. This one's already sliding down as well. Give me the Browns, Colts under 40 and a half. So we're ugly. Week seven hot reads. Thursday night football, Jacksonville, New Orleans under 42 and a half. And then to Sunday, Cleveland, Indianapolis under 40 and a half. Back to you guys. Okay, thank you, Brandon. Evan, let's keep going through these games. Panthers-Dolphins. Dolphins Dolphins win 42-21, one of the few overs today at 47.5. And the Dolphins do cover 
as 14 and a half point favorites and Tua now 15 and five against the spread at home compared to just nine and 10 and one against the spread on the road. So with that 15 and five mark for Tua, that is the sixth best mark at home over the last 20 years of 256 quarterbacks. Here's your list. Rogers, Brady, Matt Hasselbeck. That's a fun one. Cam Newton, <laughs> Andrew Luck, and Tua. So Tua's really doing great. He looks better on South Beach than he looks off South Beach. Uh, and here's a fun stat. If you had Carolina in this game, pretty bad beat. So Carolina as a 14-point mm-hmm. dog led 14 nothing and didn't cover the spread. So that is the biggest line since 2001 to lead by 14 points and not cover. Pretty tough. Well, and then also how quickly they came back. They were up 21, nothing like in a blink of an eye and um, something to monitor too. offensive player of the year. We kind of alluded to it a little bit. Christian McCaffrey, you know, the oblique injury that's going to mess up offensive player of the year odds. Justin Jefferson, he's out as well for on IR and then Tyreek Hill. He pulls up with a hammy in the third quarter. He did come back in the fourth quarter, but again, something to monitor. Like it was just carnage right at the top of the offensive player of the year odds market. And now I feel like that race is wide open. Raheem Mostert, he leads the NFL now with 11 touchdowns. He'll probably be right up there with Tyreek as far as odds go. Um, I will say though, Mike McDaniel did undo a wrong because the Dolphins did get a little too cocky there at the end. They pulled the starters early up 21 and then Mike White goes out there and a pick six by the Panthers gets it to 14. You think that the Panthers are going to cover, but then the Dolphins get the ball back. They go down to the goal line. They seal it with a touchdown with Salvin Ahmed. So Mike McDaniel, if you're a Dolphins better, is a real one for that. Uh, Ravens Titans. Let's talk about the London game. Ravens win 24 to 16. Ravens covers four and a half point favorites and the under 42 and a half hits. Evan, this is one of those games where it was kind of a trend buster because we talked about this on air about how Lamar Jackson, when he's a favorite of more than three points, uh, not a good cover in that spot, but now he did cover in that spot. So he moves to three and 13 against the spread uh, since the start of 2021. And then another trend that got busted is Mike Vrabel as an underdog. Usually he is pretty solid in this spot but now moves to 28-19-1 against the spread. The biggest piece of information that I think mattered in the end in this game, and it's just because the way the game started and how Tennessee had to come back, was I think it's really imperative when they arrived in London. And I think people might be like, eh, this, this, or that. But listen, Friday versus yeah. earlier in the week, Baltimore was up 18-3 at the half. And even in the postgame, Lamar said he cap-tipped the coaches for it. He said he thinks it really helped the team by being there. So I think that's something interesting. Baltimore, 8 of 16 on third down. Tennessee, 1 of 9. And I think we have to mention, there was, first of all, a ton of quarterbacks got hurt this week. From Jimmy to Baker mm-hmm. and, and Ryan Tannehill in this game. So Malik Willis got time. And I think when you look at Malik Willis, and now Tennessee's going into their bye week, right? So they face Atlanta at home after the bye. they got to figure out what to do here, right? Malik Willis was sacked four times and had five pass attempts in the game. It just He was holding the ball way too long, and Tannehill's throwing interceptions. So I think Vrabel's kind of throwing up his hands. It's a tough spot for them. Uh, and I will say this. Uh, international games, okay. favorites continue to do well. So 30-10-1 straight up, 26-15 and 15, uh, against the spread. Uh, add one to that. So now 31-10-1. All right, so Vrabel, though, makes the decision at the end of the game that was a huge yeah. swing for betters because he chose to kick a field goal there on third down with 41 seconds left. They could have still made another, at least another attempt 
Uh, I didn't love it. And I mean, look, Malik Willis, he looked awful. You're not yeah. <laughs> kidding. But, you know, it just I, I was a little kind of annoyed there because the refs, they, they did everything they could. They called multiple penalties the whole final drive. Titans get to the one. They can't convert. And they kick that field goal. And if you're a Titans better, uh, you know, I'm starting to become like an empath. Like, I don't know. It just I felt bad if I was betting the Titans on that side. So that to me just kind of I felt really bad for people in that spot. All right, Commanders Falcons. Commanders win 24 to 16. Falcons lose at home uh, with Desmond Ritter for the first time. Uh, First home game loss for Desmond Ritter in college and the pros. The Falcons do not cover as one and a half point home favorites and the under 42 and a half hits. You've been tracking Sam Howell as far as like sacks go. Now, he was leading the NFL in sacks coming into this game, gets sacked five more times. Is he on pace right now to break David Carr's record? So not on pace, but he's right behind one of Carr's season. So Howell has 34 sacks in six games. Through six games, 2002 David Carr was at 39, so five more. And then 2005 (sighs) David Carr was at 35, so one more. So Howell right now on pace for about the third most in that span. Uh, And then you look at Daniel Jones Probably not not worth uh, forgetting about him. 28 sacks in five games. Obviously, he's out uh, for Sunday Night Football tonight. So, For sure. Yeah, and Ritter just isn't good enough. It, it's annoying to watch now. Like, loses the first home <laughs> game ever, but had that critical interception at the goal line with five yeah. minutes to go. They're down eight. You know, six straight incompletions to end the game. Like, how – get Taylor Heineke in there. I can't watch Desmond Ritter play another game of I mean, football. Oh, oh, All right, let's run through – 0-10 first half against the spread. Uh, so just hasn't covered a first half in his career. And and the trend that I looked at here, which yeah, kind of continues brutal. to run, kind of continues to run, Falcons, 4-12, 4-11-1 against the spread after a straight-up win. So can't put together a win streak under Arthur Smith at all. All right, let's run through the rest of these games. Saints, Texans. Texans win 20-13. to The under hits with the Saints losing outright as road favorites at two and a half and the under at 42 and a half saints now six and oh to the under though only team in the nfl to have all their games go under and uh cj stroud covers his fourth straight game again really going to be probably in that favorite spot now for offensive rookie of the year but the int luck runs out he did finally throw an interception so that streak is over we don't have to hear about that anymore about how his streak is longer than tom brady and every other good quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over but uh yeah some some questionable pass plays to end the Texans possession though, at the end of this game. And never thought I'd th- think to myself that, Oh, you left too much time for Derek Carr. But I mean, he had two and a half minutes left for the saints and he just looked like Derek Carr inept as usual. And they do not convert lions, Buccaneers lions win 20 to six. The under hits of 42 and a half lions do win as road favorites as Minus three favorites. Jared Goff and the Lions, honestly, though, they did whatever they wanted through the year. Uh, 8.1 yards for completion. They were 7-12 and 12 on third down. And Evan Baker Mayfield, just we talked about that hot and cold aspect with Baker, and this is the cold part. Horrendous game. 19 for 37 passing, 200 yards, and he was 2 for 12 on third down. Yeah, he just looked really bad overall. Uh, and here's the stat for Baker. So he's just been historically bad in the second half. 28, 47, and 1, second half ATS, 37%. Though he's 3 and 2 this season. But here's the nugget, right? 16, 20, and 1, second half ATS when he has the lead. When he doesn't, 
eight and twenty four second half ATS. Worst of two hundred and forty quarterbacks since two thousand five. He's lost six straight in that spot, including today. So when he has the lead, he's about five hundred. Kind of shows up second half. When he doesn't, he's just a big fade. I don't need to hear any more. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect wrap up on Baker Mayfield. Uh, Colts Jaguars. Jaguars win 37 to 20. Total does go over at 43 and a half. And the Jaguars cover easily as three and a half point favorites. The Jaguars just have the Colts number, man. They're 15, two and one against the spread since 2015 against the Colts. Like even that London trend, you know, teams coming back. Not taking the bye, that's usually a smash spot for the opposite team. Did not matter. And the Jaguars just put that to rest very easily. Yeah, did not matter at all. Uh, Listen, I bet the Colts last week when Richardson went out and Minshew came in, and I was like, oh, no. And it it ended up working out, but he looked – he was a pumpkin this week. It did not look well. Jacksonville gave ETN every carry he wanted, and it was a blowout. Vikings Bears, Vikings win 19 to 13. Total does go under at 44 and a half. And the Vikings do cover as three and a half point favorites and play in another one possession game. Every game this year has been by one possession and their record reflects that. They are two and four after going 11 and 0 last year. Honestly, there wasn't worth much worth watching for this game. Three turnovers in the first half. Justin Fields gets hurt. He leaves in the second half. And the Vikings just sat there and waited until Dyson Bayesian turned it over to them. And that was pretty much it, you know? So Cardinals Rams, Rams win 26 to nine total goes under 47 and a half, but the Rams do cover as seven point favorites. And this was pretty much just a field goal fight for about the first half. Thought we might see that all the game, but then Cooper cup, welcome back. Another big game, another touchdown and the Rams, they could be feisty come playoff time. Once you get cup, Stafford and, and McVay clicking here. Uh, there could be a sleeping beast here in, in the NFC. All right, let's end it off here. Patriots Raiders. Raiders win 21 to 17. The total does go under of 41 and a half, just barely. And the Raiders do cover as three point favorites. Mac Jones is three and 13 now as an underdog in his career. He has lost 12 consecutive starts straight up and ATS as an underdog. And yeah, I'm just going to put it to you this way. Is this the last start for Mac Jones? This is going to be the question I'm going to ask you every week until we see it change. They're at home against Buffalo next week. So it's like when you go into that game, the question is, who else do you have? Like you even saw Malik Cunningham today in the lineup. I know Zappi was inactive and then Greer was inactive or it just, I'm not really sure what you do there. So maybe he gets another start. But, but here's the stat I was looking at. So the Bills, nine-point favorites in New England. It'd be the largest home dog for New England since 2001. It was Brady's first start. They were plus 11.5 against Peyton Manning. They won the game 44-13, which absolutely means nothing. But largest line, Mac Jones lost 13 straight starts. It's a dog. It's just really bad. One of the sad things was uh, in the during the third quarter, during the broadcast, the announcer goes, and Ramondre with the longest run of the season, 16 yards, and then got hurt like the next play. I was just like, oh my God, things are bleak. And, uh, you know, from a from a result standpoint, if you had the Raiders minus three, you got super oh bailed God. out at the end because Max Crosby gets that late hit for the Patriots touchdown, which then puts you in a position of the Patriots now covering, but then gets the safety at the end for the Raiders cover. Oh man, it was just unbelievable. All right, let's now check in with Patrick Everson with Vegas Insider to see how sportsbooks fared in Las Vegas for week six. Patrick, we talk about this every week. 
how do how do the sports books do? What's the vibe? <laughs> uh, the vibe is that they'll be buying their own drinks behind the counter tonight. They've got a <laughs> the, on, on, on this Sunday evening as we talk to you. I know you come out on Monday. A very good Sunday behind the counter, and honestly. Uh, even it even started early for uh, one odds maker I talked to said the London game worked out very well there uh, uh, with the, with the, with the Ravens and they also noted that uh, you know the two big upsets today which you perhaps already alluded to I mean look San Francisco going on the road laying nine and a half a game that opened four and a half generally uh, thought it was going to be maybe not a walkover because the weather wasn't necessarily good in Cleveland and it is a lengthy road trip but that was a shocker. And then you get the Eagles losing outright to the Jets. Look, if Jill, if there were any Moneyline parlays or teasers that survived the Niners game, they did not survive the Eagles game, pretty much unquestionably. Odds makers were definitely pretty happy with that. Uh, I even I even talked with uh, with Benham GM Nevada Scott Shelton about it. I went back and forth with him, just reading some text from him. He said, monster day for the books. And honestly... I know we're talking NFL here, but when you factor in a pretty good Saturday on the college football front, he said it's the best weekend in recent memory for the books. So uh, they certainly didn't mind at all seeing the Eagles lose outright. And, uh, and of course, the, the Niners lose outright as well, which means we have no more undefeated teams in the NFL. Yeah, and one team that I think the public was definitely on that probably was able to get a little bit of action back mm-hmm. had to have been the Dolphins today with mm-hmm. that late cover, especially uh, after uh, Mike White threw, throws the inexplicable pick six there at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and then Mike McDaniel able to uh, seal that cover uh, for the public at the 14 and a half. Yeah, no question. The Dolphins are a super public team at this point. Uh, look, notwithstanding the debacle that they had when they just got shellacked, up in Buffalo, they've been really consistent. They look certainly the role of one of the best teams in the league. And when you consider that two of the best teams in the league got beat today on the NFC side of things uh, to opponents that are, you know, perceived and really are lesser than the Buffalo Bills, uh, that makes the Dolphins look pretty good. So, yeah, the Dolphins certainly got a little bit back for the public. Uh, so, too, I would say, did the Detroit Lions, who are just an ATM for betters for almost a year now. They've got almost a season under their belt, 13 and 3 straight up, 14 and 2 against spread in their last 16 games. They're just a machine. Yeah, absolutely, especially when you look at the splits of Jared Goff and how he is usually performed at home as opposed to on the road where mm-hmm. the scoring outputs are usually much less. Let's talk about Monday night football though because the Cowboys are going to be facing the Chargers. Cowboys typically do get a lot of action, but you know this Chargers team playing at home, maybe people don't want to bet on the Chargers here in this spot because the Chargers tend to charger at the end of the game. Is <laughs> is Monday Night Football getting a lot of action from sports books that you're speaking with? The Chargers tend to charger. That's such a great line. It is so on the spot. Uh, it's the Raiders do that a lot too. The Raiders tend to Raider. <laughs> how they managed to cover today was just disgusting. But uh, that's how it goes. Look. It, it, Going into tonight, there wasn't necessarily a whole lot of chat. Going into Sunday night, I should say, there wasn't a whole lot of chatter about Cowboys Chargers, but I think there will be. I think this game's going to get pretty good play. You've got you've got two good quarterbacks, two reasonably good quarterbacks. Certainly, Herbert's a great quarterback. Prescott's a very good quarterback, but coming off a very disappointing performance as the Cowboys get shelled. But the Cowboys don't travel back home. They didn't make another road trip out of this. They just shuttled down the coast to get ready to play the Chargers. I uh, will say, a bet MGM really good two way action on this game. 
we still got you know some time before kickoff, but slightly more tickets on the Cowboys, slightly more money on the Chargers. So two way action on the game. I think it'll be pretty well bet, and you know some betters are probably going to be licking their wounds and trying to uh, win a little back on that Monday night game. But Jill, I couldn't tell you which side you should go with in this case. Do you do you go? Did you back the team that just got blasted at San Francisco, or the team that? As you said, Chargers going to charge her. They the coach makes a lot of interesting decisions uh, in his play calling, and and uh, you know you feel like Herbert is a great quarterback, but is this team going to win tomorrow night? I don't know. If, I guess if pressed, I'm going to take the Chargers at home to win the game. But you know, that's uh, yeah. But they're the short underdog as we have it right now. Let's talk about Week Seven though. Is there any game already for Week Seven that has saw movement already from sharp action? Obviously, there's a ton of injuries, you know, that we're gonna have to uh, reflect on. Maybe we don't necessarily dive headfirst into that, but maybe a game that doesn't necessarily have a big injury question mark at the top. Right. I think honestly, the Dolphins Eagles game on Sunday night. This was interesting. So I spoke with an odds maker Sunday night here in Vegas that opened Philly minus two. Uh, late in that Jets game, the Jet, the, Phil, the Eagles Jets yep. game wasn't over yet, so Philly had not lost that game. Subsequently, Philly loses. The odds maker and his risk team they talk about it. They move the Eagles up from two to two and a half, and the reason he said is the perception will certainly be that the Eagles are too good, Jill, to lose two in a row. Yep. And the odds maker added that the uh, the betting public might recall the last time the Dolphins were underdogs at Buffalo. Dolphins got shellacked. We alluded to it a few minutes ago, 48 to 20, a big 48 to 20 loss. So it, both these teams are very public sides. There's going to be plenty of action on both sides, the odds maker said, but they actually moved the Eagles up a little bit on what they think will be the public perception and the public money coming in on, hey, the Eagles aren't losing two in a row. They're going to win and cover this game under a field goal. They, they would feel good about that. All right, Patrick Everson from Vegas Insider. Thanks for everything, buddy. We'll talk again next week. Absolutely. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Enjoy Monday Night Football and keep an eye out for all of our NFL Week 7 podcasts right here on the Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.